Hey everyone, welcome to the Double Click Podcast. This week we look at our second part of being a group leader, focusing on the spiritual and discipleship aspect. Hey everybody, it's Matt and Justin, and we are following up our last week's podcast on being a group leader. Last week we talked about some of the organizational aspects, and then it took a really fun uh, Mm -hmm. exercise in us mentally actually helping plan out what it would look like for you to start a group. Yep. As a group leader. And so just want to follow up. If you're just tuning into this one last week, we looked at three aspects of what it means to take organizational responsibility for uh, being a group leader. And the first one was when, where, and how long. When are you going to meet? Where are you going to meet? And for how long are you going to meet? Also, we talked a little bit about material. And then Justin threw in a great, great uh, thing about who who are you going to ask to come mm-hmm. to your po- to your not to your podcast <laughs> no, to, to your, your small group to your small group i mean if you have a podcast and you want to do get no anyway but this, this probably all still applies if you're starting a podcast as well do you think so yeah the who the when the where the topic so that's interesting anyway interesting. I digress. You digress. Wonderful. The next one was focus. Your responsibility organizationally is to help focus, and that's on the big four, but also not allowing somebody to dominate and talk and take over the group necessarily. And we'll talk more about that here in a minute practically and discipleship-wise what that means. And the other one was a midweek reminder. So by the time we got to the end of the podcast, we were actually uh, challenging people to send out some some text messages and some things to start some groups and be group leaders. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, we defined a group leader, leader plain and simply as taking responsibility responsibility for focusing others on their relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And so this week we want to look at the discipleship, um, the spiritual aspect of what you're taking responsibility for. Because last week we talked about the logistics. You kind of have some of those. We talked about some of the mental breaks and lies that exist. But this week we want to look at what probably might be a more of a pressure point for a lot of people, that they don't feel spiritually ready to lead other people. Mm. And we want to kind of take that pressure off to some degree. Because we want you to understand, as we said last week, and we really want to focus on this week, this is walking beside someone, mm-hmm. not instructing them. Yeah. This is you and other people coming together to to walk together beside each other. What you're doing as a group leader is you're just getting the ball rolling. And while that does apply on the logistics side, like we talked about last week, that also applies on the discipleship side. Yeah. You know, that applies to you diving in. And really what we're going to talk about is when you're pointing people to God. And so one of the ones right out of the gate that is a major factor as you being the group leader, as you being the one taking responsibility for getting the ball rolling, that right out of the gate, especially the first time you meet, you want to say this, the first few times you meet, and you want to continue to do this, you want to make sure your group members are spending time in God's Word, spending time with God outside of group time. Because if that doesn't happen, and that's your first kickstart, like if you've got the spiritual ball sitting right there, you're all standing around looking at it, and you're giving it the first whack, it's going to be on that quiet time aspect. Because as we've said multiple times, and we said this in when we went through the Big Four a few weeks ago, if your group's not spending time together spiritually, not excuse me, if they're not spiritually growing mm-hmm. outside of group time, your group time's going to be miserable. And you're going to be in that situation where you're just a teacher, mm-hmm. where you're the only one who's spiritually prepared, and the group gets boring, and it drags, and it just slowly comes down to nothing. Mm -hmm. But as we dive into that, we want to touch on a couple of the big discipleship responsibilities that kind of fall on a group leader. And then we also want to hit a couple of X factors um, that really elevate the group time. And I would actually put that 
that quiet time, that time with God aspect as one of the absolute X factors, but it's not just an X factor. It has to happen. Yep. And so you'll hear us talk about that one a lot. But as we get through this, looking at a couple things we want to hit on, as a group leader, if you're taking responsibility for pointing others to their relationship with God, one of the major things that you have to do is you have to participate and model. That's right. And this is where... A lot of times I slip when I'm leading a group. Mm. A lot of times I will ask the questions and I'll forget to answer. Mm. Or I'll ask for transparency and I won't be transparent. That's right. I'll ask for real life and I won't give real life. And especially within the first few weeks, the first couple times you meet, in order for people to be comfortable about sharing deeply with what's going on and being real and talking spiritually about what's going on, that's where you as the leader a lot of times have to model that first. And one of the things that's always always interesting when I'm here, here's my nerve point. The first few weeks, anytime I'm starting a group, I'm with a group of guys, we're having a Bible study, whatever. Um, I'm always trying to look at what the expectation is because I've got that leadership label, mm-hmm. like I've got pastor, and that might be some of you. You might be a deacon, you might be a Sunday school teacher. It might be just the pressure of being the group leader, where you feel yep. like you've got to put on this show yep. to act the yep. right way. To be super spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that, that I'll, the line I always play with is like the moment to be really real, mm-hmm. but I always try to get there. And so it's always interesting because I'll sit there and I'll be in a conversation. I'll be like, so, uh, yeah, I know it might be weird to hear a pastor say this, but da, 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 da. Right. And it's funny because sometimes you can see people just be like, whoa. Right. He has that same issue. Like he has right. that same struggle. Right. Like. He he, did, he doesn't sit at home and pray with his wife for four hours every night. They right. tune out to Netflix and feel like they need to change that. You <laughs> right, know? Like, right. But you but you shift in that moment from leading at someone like we've talked about to leading with them mm-hmm. to going, hey, I'm not above or below. We're we're in this together. We're walking alongside one another. And I think too one of the things that is is super important um, as we as we lead people. Uh, you mentioned this, and I and I'm guilty of this too. When I, when I go, hey group, what have what have you struggled with this week? What's something you're struggling with? And everybody shares, and it's and it's heartfelt and it's vulnerable. I'm like, okay, now let's move on to the next thing. And I haven't done it. Yeah. Like a lot of times in those instances, as a group leader, especially if it's something that can be seen as hard to do or negative, I'll be the first one to go. I'll be the first one to say, here's where I'm struggling this week. So that way, I know I've done it, and I, I don't just. You know, I've not just accidentally missed it as I'm trying to stay focused and move us from topic to topic. Um, I want to be one that that models, and that was part of this, is participate and to model. And another warning that I I would like to give here, and it could, could, I guess, be somewhere else in the podcast too, but um, as we share and as we lead with and not at, part of the big four was scripture, and that was our focus. As you're leading and as people are looking to you to lead, Make sure that you're not giving them your opinion, but you're pointing them towards biblical truth Absolutely. that that God can help work in them to figure out the answer. You're not there. It is not your responsibility as a group leader to provide answers. It is your responsibility to point them to truth. And mm-hmm. so a lot of times when I when I when people share their struggles, it's very easy for me to go, Oh, well, here's the prescription for that. And yeah. that's not my job. My job is to walk alongside them and to follow up with them like we'll talk about, and to model and to just love and serve them um, and to make sure that my words are God's words through me, not my opinion. Yeah, and I love I love that. And I'm going to say that again. It's not your responsibility to provide answers. Mm-hmm. It's your responsibility to support them to truth. And that goes back to that point as a group leader, that That's homing right. beacon we have there that 
you're taking responsibility for pointing others to their relationship with God. And so there's a lot of times, if we're talking about being transparent and participating in modeling as a group leader, when I hear somebody talking about they've gone through a situation, and, and there's sometimes, like, you'll hear somebody within your group share something, and you're just going, whoop, 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 like your <laughs> spiritual truth radar is going off. Right. But this is not the moment where you sit there and go like, nope, sorry, you're wrong, and that is a wrong action, okay? Mm-hmm. Because that's an abrasive action. But what I will say a lot of times that allows me to be transparent is, hey, I really wrestled with that three years ago, and then one day in my quiet time, I was sitting there before God, I read this passage, and He spoke this to me. Yeah. And it was, and it, and it changed things. And I had a hard time viewing things in that nature after that. Like, yeah. it really changed my perspective when God moved and I experienced Him. So I would encourage you, why don't you go home, read through that passage, and and next week, come tell us what you feel like God's been speaking to you. Yeah. And that way, what you're doing is you're putting them in a place where, where they're facing the truth. And mm-hmm. at the same time, you're showing transparency because you've been there. Mm-hmm. And really, what you start to tiptoe down there is the, disciple, the discipleship aspect of accountability. Right. Because what you're doing is you're holding them accountable to God. I think where we sometimes think about accountability in a negative light is we think they're accountable to us as the group leader. Yeah. Yeah. But in reality, what you're doing is you're escorting them into the throne room of God. So as a group leader, you want to model and participate in that and understand, like Justin said, it's not on you to always give the answers. It's the point of God. Yeah. And, and looking at what we have on our agenda today, like we, we want to participate and model uh, and not trying to push us ahead, but the next thing is is follow up. And yeah. so you gave the example of that spiritual siren going off in our head. Uh, another aspect of a great group leader is to understand the when and the where to say things. So maybe the group setting is not the place, but kind of shifting us into follow up. Maybe it's a, hey, so-and-so, in the group time, you mentioned this. I just want to, can we grab lunch? I'd like to talk to you more about that. And then you follow up with them about that aspect, and you and you do that in a one-on-one setting yeah. versus a group setting. Yeah, and that goes back to, if you remember last week, we talked about that focus aspect. What do you do when somebody's like dominating the group time or trying to take over, something like that? That's one of those that applies both in the practical and on the discipleship front to where if somebody's like had a really hard week, they say, hey, why don't, can, can you hang around for 30 minutes after and let's talk and let's pray through that? Or let's grab lunch? Or let's do something like that. And then in the the example I gave earlier where you're pointing that person to God, like they've just they've just dropped some doctrine that's like absolutely false, mm. that's an action in their life. And you just want to say, Hey, read that. Then follow up and grab lunch with them and just say, So where are you at with this? Because I think a lot of times we think it's our responsibility, and this is where the Christian body in general goes wrong a lot of times. We think it's our responsibility to abrasively tell people they're wrong. Mm. And we, what we do is we say, oh, well, we're just speaking the truth. Well, yes, but are you journeying with someone to find the truth from God? Mm-hmm. Or are you just making sure they know they're wrong? Right. And you end up with a lot of broken relationships and a lot of brokenness in our world and a lot of people who have opinions that Christians are just hateful people. Right. You're leading at them. You're not leading right. with them. And so always be willing for the journey and be able to follow them. And that's where that follow-up as a group leader leads us into like what I think are one of the X factors, and we can kind of mention on this now, connecting with your group outside of group time mm. accelerates the growth of your group. That's right. 
And it can be individuals. It can be y'all hanging out at your house. It can be that follow-up that is a community building Mm follow-up as much as a spiritual follow-up. But when you can connect with your group outside of group time, it all of a sudden makes you, and this is a phrase we use in the church, it turns it from a meeting each week to walking through life together. It continues to blur that line of here's a structured thing that, that a lot of people at the beginning may go and play church. They may play yeah. life group. Oh, I'm going to be vulnerable, but I'm only going to be up vulnerable to a certain level. But when you start to do life together and you're meeting in group time and you're meeting outside of group time, whether that's just some fellowship time, hangout time, girls are doing their thing, guys are doing their thing, whatever, it continues to blur that line of church and life. And I have to I have to wear different hats when I'm in different yeah. places. And it's blurred. And now it's just hey, we're just doing life together. I'm going to be real. I know I can be who I need to be in any situation. And like you said, I think uh, it accelerates our growth, our closeness together as group members and our, our spiritual growth as well. Absolutely. And I actually I had lunch yesterday with, a, with a, a gentleman who used to be in full-time ministry at a church and now is in a house group type, a house church type setting. Mm. And that's how they're doing ministry at the moment. And it was really interesting because as I'm talking with him through that, and, and just watching in our culture how the house church movement is starting to gain a lot of ground and has mm-hmm. been the last decade or so, really what's happened is people are leaving the pretend organized discipleship that exists in the church because they want to do life together. Right. And that's what a house church gives them instantaneously because within the church we've really lost that culture of being the community that has dedicated time together to mm-hmm. worship. And that's really what we're talking about. It's the same exact type of thing. Is you want to walk through life together. You want to be in each other's lives. So as a group leader, you helping your group and your families within your group connect and relate just absolutely accelerates the depth and the intimacy you have with each other as you're following Christ within the group. Yeah, I think people, it's it's nice for a season to be able to slip in the back door of a church, sit in the last set, section of chairs, and when they start talking about invitations, slip out. And, and you've... You've yeah. done church, right? You've done your thing. But I think God's created us as people, and this is just kind of a blanket statement on discipleship and being together. He's created us as people to need other people and to want to walk with people through life and journey with people. And and that's the beauty of being a life group leader or a small group leader is that you are someone who is helping facilitate that and to bring that into life and to say, hey, it's not just about coming in, leaving, it's we're really going to bear each other's burdens and walk through life together. Yes, and and hear me clearly. I kind of made that comment about the the, um, the the home church movement, which I love. I think there's a lot of aspects and seasons in life where that's needed for various people. But I think another podcast we're going to have is also why partnering with the church accelerates even further your ability to go for depth on discipleship. Because if you can have that partnership with the church along with that life together aspect, mm-hmm. what it really does is frees you up to step past some of the potential landmines of personal offense. Yeah. Because you're you're within the boundaries that the organization has set, but at the same time, focus on the spiritual and the personal dive in together. Yeah. And when those things partner together, that's what we experience here at, at our church. Those are the discipling communities and groups of people yeah. that just spiritually take off. Yeah, both both is needed. The larger corporate gathering um, is absolutely essential to our walk. And and I think it's a good place, too, that when we have small groups, um, it, it, it automatically, when we start talking about a topic and focus, 
it gives us it gives you as a life group leader or small group leader to go, hey, let's talk about what pastor said on Sunday. Yeah. You know, it gives us kind of yep. common language to walk through together. But where, you know, a large group setting, you may not be able to in an hour or so time get super close with individuals. We need the small group time. We need the small group setting. Yep. And they need to work in tandem together for that full kind of Christian experience and, and life experience and discipleship experience. Yes. And and the, the one thing I've always heard within group dynamics is the smaller, the deeper. Mm. Yeah. So if you're one-on-one with somebody, man, you can dive really, really deep. If it's two or three, you can still dive deep. It's a little less. It's five or six. There's some depth you can get to, but that's, that goes back to that, that what we're talking about with the follow-up and the necessity to do life mm-hmm. together and all those things. And one thing we also want to identify and kind of give permission with is Last week we talked about as you're forming this group, what if it's people you're not close to, people you haven't talked to mm-hmm. in 10 years, people that you just met, and you're going to de- develop that depth. One phrase we also use is, it's okay for this to be seasonal. And in reality, yeah. all discipleship organized groups like this are seasonal. There might be lifelong friendships that develop out of them, mm-hmm. but it's perfectly fine for you or you and your family or you and your group to go through a six-month to two-year season to where you've got a group of people that you're spending a lot of time with mm-hmm. together. But then this brings us into our next time. Because it's a lot of time seasonal and that's okay, there's also a necessity for you to hand off. That's right. And so we've talked about these three, we're getting down to them. You've got to participate in model. You've got to follow up, connect outside of group time, and then you have to hand off. Yep. And that handoff really, because we talked about earlier, if you're the group leader, you're getting the ball rolling spiritually. Then what you want to do is you also want to identify and put spiritual responsibility on other people as you continue. Yeah. And so one of the one of the the neatest models I've seen one particular material um, I can't remember what it was at this moment, but literally you went through the first like six to eight weeks and the group leader led. Well, then the next six to eight weeks, you rotated who led. Yep. And then by the end of it, you're rotating who leads, and you're launching out once the material's over to for everybody to go start their next group as the leader. And so you can hand off. And one of the things I do very quickly, did this to Justin about eight months ago, <laughs> is I identify within the group. I ask the question, if I can't be here next week, who am I calling to take the lead? Mm-hmm. And so me and Justin were in a group together, and... Long story short, we were doing a group together. Justin was the other one in the room, just came on staff. Um, so I was ready to just like put him in a tough seat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and, but I really identified very quickly that like, hey, I'd initially set out that I could do this for about six weeks. Did it for about six weeks. The dynamic kind of changed. Justin had already been there and I was ready to hand off. So I handed it off to Justin and moved on to start another group for the next season that I, that I really needed to have that group for. And so you need to be willing to hand off and where that looks like in the short term is you're going to hand off that responsibility of both the logistic and the spiritual leading aspect. Right. Like one of the one of my key markers is when I see two group members of the group that I'm th- quote unquote leading who one reaches out to the other and says, let's grab lunch and talk about that this week. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. because then you see that without you having to like like dive in that that's that's happening. Yeah, and I, I think too as your responsibility as the group leader um, to know when to do this handoff. And we kind of talked about it in the last podcast with the logistics side of things, the the where, the how long. You know that can be identified, like you said, Matt. In your instance, you knew you had about six weeks to do this group, and then it needed to be handed off. Um, but also as a group leader, maybe you step into a situation where you're not thinking it's, it's, 
it's seasonal in the sense of I have six weeks or eight weeks or whatever um, to do this. It's just kind of I know I want to lead. Well, as you lead that group, maybe you've been together for a year, 18 months, two years. If you start to feel things shifting in your group or maybe the group's getting too large or the focus is is, is off or the, the depth is just not there anymore as people come in and out and different things, uh, you might need to step back and go, well, let's assess where we're at. Do I need to, do we need to split this group? Do we need a handoff? Do, do they, does there need to be a change of leadership? And so I think sometimes that handoff knowing, well, gosh, how do I know when to start something new or when to leave this or when to hand off? That can be determined, predetermined, and hey, yeah. like you, like we mentioned, hey, I'm going to start six weeks. I'm going to do a group, and then you something else changes. Or if you find yourself in a group, and as the leader, you're going, man, this is starting to stagnate, or this is starting, this this needs some a breath of fresh air. Yeah, you need to be aware of your people and the group and the dynamic to go. Maybe it's time for a change or a handoff, or let's you know shake it up a bit. Absolutely. And so, just reviewing as we get through these, if we're looking at the three points we hit today, there is: if you're going to spiritually take responsibility, you've got to participate, you've got to model, you've got to follow up, connect outside of group time, and then be ready to know and hand off, like Justin just talked about. And one of the other X factors I want to throw in there, and this is something I experienced that I realized was a truth of some of the best groups or the most. The biggest spiritual growth points I was at when I was with different groups is a lot of times when I had a leader, and it wasn't always me, that had that time set a time, like when they agreed on that time, like we talked about, that every day at this time I'm going to purpose to meet together for discipleship, and they were showing up to connect with God whether we were or not. Right. All of a sudden, that created this thirst and desire within the group to be there. Mm. And literally, it was only like once a year, maybe, that something happened and not everybody could meet. But you know what? They were going to be there no matter what. It created great one-on-one conversations to dive in deeply with different group members and connect and grow together in Christ. And it just was this really dynamic thing that happens to when that person's going to show up and connect with God, whether you're there or not. It just really drives the hearts of your group. Mm-hmm. So we hope this is helpful. One thing I want to say as we finish up this podcast that if you have any questions or topics you feel like you want to hear us double-click on, you can email us. You can email matt at richfork.com or justin at richfork.com. Just put in the uh, title line, double-click podcast topic, and then just tell us if you have a question or anything like that. We'd love to hear from you as we continue to do this, and we hope that God guides you as you begin to create your group.